Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, is the last Jedi made by all the people who had fan theories after The Force Awakens. Every legend is based on fact. Every myth is grounded in truth. For 17 years, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, has been haunted by a night when evil roamed the streets and a madman ruled the night. Everyone knows his name. Hello, welcome back to the Waffle Press Retrospectives. I'm your host, Diego Crespo, here to talk about Halloween 6. Also here with me today on this journey, I was going to try to like toss in an adjective there, but it's not even worth it, uh, is Matt Garingo. You're trying about as hard as the filmmakers. <laughs> At least the producers. I, I, think, I think this movie got, or this franchise got away from people very quickly. No one deserves any kudos no. for this. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but we're here to talk about Halloween 6, and someone who we will give kudos to eventually in their lifetime is Paul Rudd, America's Sweetheart. Who is not good in this. No, he's very, very bad. And this is like his first role. He's shockingly bad. I'm surprised. I just don't know how he got it. I I don't know either, but Paul Rudd's awful in this, and I'm so sorry, Paul Rudd. But you're, you're Ant-Man now, and people like you in that, and in many other yeah, things, you're, so... You're fine in the things you do. I'm sorry that this is where you started. I, I truly am. That is crazy that he's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah, it's it's bizarre. I, I, I wouldn't is have put anyone, him as that character, though. I, I still think that was weird. Is, is anyone else from this franchise in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh... I don't know. Tom Atkins would make like a good Ant Man villain though. Yeah, he could pop up for like he's like ninety now though. Uh, he's an old guy. Yeah. He could be the new head of Shield because Shield's cool now. Oh. I hope they never bring back Shield. You know what? Brad Dourif is in the Halloween remakes, and he was on an episode of Agents of oh, Shield. That counts. I guess <laughs> they'll tell you it counts, but they'll never connect fucking show whatever happened to the inhumans oh that that bombed like hard i, I heard it was very i uh, never watched bad. it I, I couldn't do it i saw the trailer and i was like oh good god like human hands made this it's supposed to be a movie it was it was supposed to come out at the time of this recording like this week hey yeah wow bringing it full circle the cult of thorn well, strikes again the cult of thorn the sacrifice was not made because, uh, good lord. This movie's a goddamn mess, yes. people. <laughs> it's more of a mess in these podcasts. So in Halloween 5, we see these religious symbols uh, revolving around Michael Myers and a mysterious man in black. They mean nothing in that movie. They mean nothing to the movie. They mean nothing for anyone. No one knew what they were doing. Halloween 6 mm-hmm. is the attempt to answer questions people had when those questions were asked and... It's weird. It's really weird. I think if anyone goes into Halloween 6 looking for anything to get out of it, and I don't think you should, but if you stumble upon it in your life journey at some point, what I think people could take away from this movie is that 
it is kind of hilarious how awful this is and how it never reaches it never reaches a moment where like the lunacy of it is that interesting though no no it's definitely not like not not you're never gonna top loomis just beating michael with a wooden plank you're never gonna reach that i think the thing that sums up the big problem with this movie is that at the end of the film uh there is a cult think think rosemary's baby uh about to sacrifice a young woman and a baby and they're doing uh they're chanting rituals and there's candles everywhere and off in on the right of the frame is just michael myers standing there (laughs) and it doesn't work no it's not even humorous it's just like it's like he walked into the wrong movie Uh, because none of this works at all no i can't think of a single moment in this film that even came close to working uh, it's like it's broken in its inception, and then they executed it poorly on top of that, and then it was butchered to shit by a studio. <laughs> it like it, it's it is truly a failure on every level. Yeah, it's it's easily just as bad as Halloween Five for me, mm-hmm. but this is significantly worse than Five for me. It. Five had a lot of moments. Because because of the Loomis thing for me. Because that was just so fucking hysterical. Yeah, and but I think Five, like, it... it here's what they, there was a director for Five who was at least trying. He wasn't yeah. very good. Okay, yeah, I can go with that. But, oh, you know what? No, Jamie Lloyd. Jamie Lloyd is a, a really, was a really talented actress, and she's not in this, so... Yeah, she saved... She's, she's the saving grace of Four and Five. Um, but this is, uh, directed by a guy who went on to direct episodes of The Wire, I believe. Wow. Yeah. That quality of swing. Yeah. Well, that just shows that it's, it's usually about the writing on that show. The lead actors of this film, uh, actually said that the director had no interest in actually making a good movie. Wow. Uh, he wanted to get a three-picture deal with Miramax, and that if he directed this, he could get that deal. Did he? Um, I believe he did, but I don't think he made anything of no. Oh. Oh, you know what he did? What I just Googled? What? Phantoms. Wow. Yeah. Affleck was the bomb in it. Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Remember when, remember when Dean Koontz was like neck and neck with Stephen King, and then everyone realized Dean Koontz is like just like Bill O'Reilly but with ghosts. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, so so you can thank this film for Phantoms. <laughs> was it worth it, America? No. I guess we should say the in the intervening years between five and six, uh, five very much underperformed. It is, I believe, still the least successful of all the Halloween films uh, to this day. So um, Mustafa Akkad uh, was very uh, upset, and he decided, uh, let's uh, let's slow things down. Let's rework where this franchise is going. Um, and eventually, uh, they decided to move forward with six, and they made a deal with Miramax at some point. It was either going to be New Line or Miramax, and they made a deal with Miramax. Miramax was originally owned by the Weinsteins, so there's that connection now. <laughs> um, and they did it under their Dimension label, which was the label that used to produce all the horror films. 
I remember this. Um, label that would that would go on to make uh, Scream. Which is a very and, good uh, movie. Which is very... This is, like, I, I believe, like, a year or two before Scream. And it, you can feel it. Like, this is this is that era where just horror films are just completely dead in this country. <laughs> like, they're just not good. There isn't anything good coming out. When was Event Horizon? I... 95? 96? Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's part of that. Or, like, Species. Which is a terrible film. A lot of science fiction horror in the 90s. Because everyone was still, like, cyberpunk, yo. And it took Hollywood, like, a decade to catch up. <laughs> I, uh, I, I caught Donnie Mnemonic recently. Like, I think, it, like, oh, earlier no. this year or last year. Because I heard it was, like, at least weird 90s, you know? Like, I, I was really into cyberpunk, like, uh, stuff at the time. Like, I had just read... What was that book you recommended to me? I Have No was Mouth and I Must Scream. Oh, like, right, that, yeah. that weird shit. And then, uh... Mm. Went back to System Shock and got all hyped for the remake that's like dead in the water now too. And then uh <laughs> then that was like the peak of my interest when I watched Johnny Mnemonic and I was like, Oh, this is bad. Yeah, Johnny Mnemonic's bad. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um <laughs> There's a there's an an FMV video game of Johnny Mnemonic, but that has like a lot of stuff. It's all the sets from the movie and some of the cast, <laughs> except not Keanu Reeves. Oh, of course not, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I think, what was the plot of Johnny Mnemonic? Ah, fuck it. He's, he's a mnemonic carrier, right? He has stuff in his brain. Yeah. That would have been a better story for Halloween. One gigabyte of data. He carries one gigabyte of data in his brain or something like that. Yeah. One gigabyte. Yeah, it's like Holy really shit. like hilarious. Yeah. Not even a terabyte. <laughs> I got more on my fucking phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it was the 90s. They didn't know that, like, floppy disks were going to be, like, obsolete. They should have known. <laughs> William Gibson was, like, a part of that. He was, he's usually good at, like, not being that dumb. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, this movie. There was some talk of, like, who was going to make this fucking thing. Um, Scott Spiegel, of co-writer of Evil Dead 2, I guess was uh, approached. I guess he gave a pitch. Oh, nice, nice. And according to rumors, and I'm not totally sure if this is true, but at one point Quentin Tarantino was at least approached. Um, some sources say that he even he even gave a very short treatment of what he wanted to do. Uh, but it did not it did not happen. Well, uh, that's actually interesting. So this, and to bring it back to our Predator franchise, this is around the same time that Rodriguez. Uh, was tapped to write and direct the third Predators. Mm -hmm. So in the weird mid-90s when all these franchises were dying off, all these uh, slocky horror franchises, they, they tapped interesting people to at least like try to bring them on board. Well, this was like the whole new independent film market, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Suddenly you had people like you know Tarantino, Rodriguez, Kevin Smith, Soderbergh. They're all coming in and like they're kind of getting pitched some franchises, and none, most of which I don't think any of them ever got anything done. You know? Yeah. Well, Smith got pretty yeah. far with uh, Superman. Yeah, he almost did that Superman movie. Yeah. Um, which is which is crazy to think he got the farthest. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you know at the time Hollywood doesn't know these guys are just they're all potential energy. They don't really know that they're going to have a lasting legacy. Yeah. Trying to suck them dry. 
maybe only one of them has a lasting legacy right now, but <laughs> um, I hope uh, Alita is really good. Oh, yeah, me too. I really want that to be good. I love that series. I, I this um, this is my only instance of it. <laughs> you, you, uh, check out, read the original run of it. All right. It's really good. Like, seriously. Okay. Oh, my God. You know what they're going to do? I'm just... Uh, fuck it. This, this, this conversation is going to start revolving around other more interesting shit than Halloween 6. But here's what they're going to do now. Avatar 2 is going to be sneak previewed on Alita Battle Angel. Hey, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee that's going to happen. If it gets people to see Alita. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Everyone was kind of like... This looks strange, so I'm not into it. Like the moment that trailer dropped, yeah, that always that keeps fucking happening. Yeah, when people were like, yeah. "I'm tired of the same movies over and over again." Something's different, and they're like, there's like "Ugh." A, there's like a fucking Peter Jackson movie coming out in like three weeks. Oh yeah, like a produced Peter Jackson film. Yeah, I don't know what it's what it's called, but the cities eat other cities, which is amazing. Yeah, it looks like like it. I don't know if it's gonna be good. I really don't know anything about it, but it's like. It looks like someone spent some money on it. <laughs> and it's weird that it's like so under the radar. Uh, like at least someone's trying. Yeah. I just know there's no Blade Runner this year. No movie you were wrong about yet? No, I mean, uh, there's there's that. But no like, big budget movie that will bomb that's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't think so. Nothing this year. Nothing, nothing that interesting come down the pipe. Maybe Aquaman. What about that Nutcracker film? <laughs> oh, God. That's Joe Johnson's last movie now. Did he direct it? He he, he was brought on to co-direct reshoots. Oh. Yeah, but oh. and then he was going to do uh, the, another Narnia, and that was going to be his last one, but they canned it for a series on Netflix, and so I think that that's it for him. might be a idea, because those Narnia films fucking blew, man. <laughs> they fucking suck. I don't know, I hate fucking Narnia. <laughs> Fucking C.S. Lewis, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I like the screw tape letters. Anyway, um, the the script would end for Halloween Six um, would eventually be written uh, by a guy named Daniel Farrens, I believe is his name, um, who's basically just a huge fan of the Halloween films, and boy, howdy, does it show. <laughs> Uh, he's the he's the very definition of a fan who's not a filmmaker, you know. Yeah. Actually, what I said watching this, I actually posted this earlier, was uh, Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers is the Last Jedi made by all the people who had fan theories after the Force Awakens. Oh, that's per that's the soundbite at the beginning now. That's it's, perfect. It's, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> It's Darth Plagueis, you throw it, like, Luke's got a super weapon, uh, she's the reincarnation of someone, also related to Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, fucking, the one kid's the, he's, like, actually a clone of someone, uh, Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle is in Star Wars now, no, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, it's just awful, like, honestly, this is my answer to people who are, like, What's Snoke's deal? And I'm like, if we got an answer, it would be fucking boring. <laughs> and then, like, because honestly, we, we've talked about it on the, on the Star Wars show. Like, Snoke, Snoke wasn't 
great. He's he looks great in Last Jedi, but there's nothing to that character. And you can you can perceive something from that with just like a blatant mystery, right? And he serves a purpose for the characters in the story, and that's it. And that's fine. That's that's better than just like another rerun of Darth Plagueis, which is something that or uh, Darth uh, Sidious, but yeah. that's something people already like don't want to see again. But then they complain about not having that figurehead. So it's like you don't know what you want. Yeah, people, the fans don't know what they want. I mean, I'm talking about the honestly, it is a vocal minority. The average fan has moved on with their fucking life. Yeah, my mom, who doesn't give a fuck about Star Wars, she the one she like likes, she she really enjoys. Mm-hmm. But you know, like she can't sit through Empire, she can't sit through Return of the Jedi. Most of the prequels do nothing. But she loved Last Jedi, or she loved Last Jedi, and so um, and that was it. But she doesn't like, you know, she she has some interest. She's a teacher. She she has a life outside of movies, so it's not like a driving no, force, my- you know. My dad fucking hates everything. <laughs> he liked the he liked the Last Jedi, so like he usually he would walk out of any sequel and he's like, I didn't like some of that bullshit. And, and uh, but he like walked out of Last Jedi and really liked it. And then when I told him about the backlash, he was like, Get a life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, like Snoke in the Last Jedi serves a narrative purpose. Uh, he's he's not. He doesn't need to actually be explained. The the man in black in Halloween 5 serves a narrative purpose, which is even more hackneyed than anything in The Force Awakens. <laughs> and you you don't need to explain who he is. And this is what happens if the whole movie had been... Expl- if Last Jedi had explained who Snoke was. There's some fucking asshole out there that's like, you know what they should have done with the Star Wars sequel trilogy? And then they're pointing to these movies. I just yeah. know it. There are people who like the producer's cut of this. Yeah. So I, in my my research of this weird series of movies, uh, mm-hmm. specifically this trilogy, 4, 5, and 6, uh, a lot of fans really like 6 because of how weird it is. It validates a lot of fan theories. Uh, I, uh, it, I, I don't get it. I, 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 I don't get it. You know, I, I gotta, I, I'd be lying if I said I don't get it. I do, like, three years ago. <laughs> like, I, when I was a different... When you're a different person, when you're a younger guy, that's what you kind of look for in these type of movies. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I realize, no, you don't want that, you know? Like, you don't want... Also, you want to understand... You're, you, you, this is a movie where you, if you only understand plot you do, and don't understand character or theme, this is the type of movie you get. I'd, even, I'd go further and say, like, filmmaking. Because mm. there's, like, nothing to any of the scene construction here. This feels like, like, a, like a, a comic book. Like a dynamite comics, you know? Where they, like, they get some license and then they make some spin-off thing, you know? Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's canon, but it's like, it's really not. It's not really, but it's yeah. it's fun, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, I like I like some of those things sometimes, too. Uh, Arrow That's... used to do these, like, in-between season comics, or, like, catch up on the season until, like, <laughs> season three or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. then ev- occasionally they would kill off characters there. This is when, like, the DC head honchos were like, we're making the Justice League and stuff now, so you guys can't use these characters, these characters. And so they'd kill them off from the shows in the comics before oh, wow. uh, the next season, so they couldn't use them. 
Oh, uh, wow. And then eventually that like all blew up in the movie faces, so they're like, yeah, you guys can use them again. <laughs> and they're like, well, we killed them off in the comics. And then the showrunners were like, yeah, but those don't really matter. So they just started bringing people back. So it's, it's like that thing. It's that thing could be thrown away. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I'm not looking for like continuity. Like I have no problem with like continuity not making sense because it never fucking does mm. in these type of franchises. Uh, but like, here's the question. Here's the main thing. What is the narrative thrust of this film? Uh, something about the baby, uh, Jamie's baby. Yeah, but that's like the MacGuffin. Oh, there's none then. Michael like, killing who's, again. Who's, who's driving the story? I think it's supposed to be Tommy Doyle. I think so too, but he also does nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to be him finding the baby MacGuffin. Uh, and there's supposed to be something like pushing that forward. Because he's he's only like important because he has continuity in the Halloween franchise. He doesn't do anything, and there's nothing to his character except he's a peeping yeah. Tom, which is awkward and weird. And well, gross. He's, he's not he's not really a peeping Tom. He's watching the Myers house. It's like a fake out. You think he's a peeping Tom, but again, it's never really explained. He's never confronted about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think he's supposed to be, but he's like the like he's one of three protagonists. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And there's almost four. Like, there would be four protagonists if one of them wasn't taken out of the film about 20, 30 minutes in. It's like no one's... This entire film is just characters reacting to a plot around them, and none of them are driving it. So there's no tension. There's nothing. Um, And I know some idiot out there is like, that's what all movies are. Everyone's reacting to something. But it's like, there's nothing driving their reactions. (laughs) It's... This happens, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens. It's that note-card-style storytelling, you know? I mean, like, when you're coming up with, like, a first draft, you're outlining a story, that's what it's going to be like, because you're coming up with, like, the basic story. Yeah. The problem is, when you don't flesh it out and you make it grow, then it just reads, like, and then this plot point, and then that. It's really a problem of character, in in this instance. Yeah, yeah. You need some drive. And there's no one driving this, uh, which is a big problem. Yeah, like, I'm going to be honest with you. If this movie had the same script, but it had, like, some absurdly talented, like, B-level filmmaker, like, and they at least were very creative in, like, their direction, their atmosphere, like, the kills, just something, something on the filmmaking side of things that could, like, energize everything, I'd probably be okay with how stupid this is and how, like, nothing of a story because by this point in the Halloween franchise like nobody expected anything more than just like uh I want to go watch some people get like killed by Michael Myers right in creative ways well yeah if this got crazier and crazier it would probably if this was like Life Force oh yeah which is a fucking ridiculous film oh if Dan O'Bannon wrote a Halloween (laughs) yeah like I could see something like that but nothing happens in this movie uh, the weird thing is Michael Myers is, like, barely in it. Like, I think they were trying to be restrained, but instead it just feels like nothing's happening. Because there's no suspense. Like, the opening of this movie, we should say, the very beginning of this is a... is the cult. Like, there's, like, half a second where you think it's a hospital, and then you're like, oh, it's a cult, and there's a baby being born, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we find out, if you have the producer's cut, 
that we find out that Jamie Lloyd was kidnapped immediately after the police station was destroyed in Halloween Five. Um, and but like you're just told that this cult exists and it has something to do with Michael Myers, and so now there's no mystery. <laughs> you know that there's a cult, you know, and like that's it. It's like oh okay. And so now every time there's like a mysterious character or an old friend, you're immediately like they're probably part of the cult. Like that's how the whole movie ends up feeling. And so it destroys any notions. But I talked about last time, I think I mentioned that all the Halloween films kind of follow a basic structure. Michael Myers escapes and set up of new characters. Michael Myers kills supporting cast. <laughs> And then face off with Michael Myers. That's like the three things that happen in almost all of them. Here you don't have one. You don't have one. <laughs> Michael Myers was already on the run. We know he's on the run, but we don't really. We, and we just know there's this cult out there. And they kind of overshadow what's going on with Michael. Like he just walks in and out of this film. It's very bizarre. Like I just don't like. I don't think. I don't understand how anyone thought this was working. And clearly it didn't, because it fucking tested horribly. <laughs> well, I mean, just even from, like, the opening with, like, the already mismanaged story, uh, they, they couldn't bring Jamie Lloyd back. And I'm, I'm actually really glad that she didn't come back, because I don't want her to... I, I wouldn't want to see her go through this. Yeah, It's, you, like, really you know gross the, what they have her do. Do you know the story behind it? Like, uh, They didn't want to pay her as much, right? They, yeah, they didn't want to pay her, and she was not happy with the script. I can't imagine why. Uh, and so she was like, well, I want to at least get paid for it. And they're like, no, nah, we're not going to do it. And so it's just, it's, it's bullshit. If she was going to, they wanted to pay her a thousand dollars for one week of work. What? Like, that's insane. And this is after the last Boy Scout, you sons of bitches. Yeah. Like she would have, it should have been like starring her and Donald Pleasance. <laughs> but, and in early drafts of the script, from what I understand, she was supposed to live until the very end, which if that's what you're going to do, like, I, whatever. In both versions, she has a pretty unceremonious death. Uh, in the producer's cut, she is shot in her sleeve, <laughs> which is just embarrassing. And, the, and then in the theatrical cut, she is violently stabbed with, like, a farm equipment or something. And then Michael Myers turns on that farm equipment just, like, to yeah. fucking nail it which in. Um, like again, I'm glad it wasn't Daniel Harris because it would have it would have been more upsetting to watch. Yeah, her Daniel Harris. I keep fucking up the names now. Oh, did you did you call her the character name? Yeah, <laughs> My um, bad. I, I probably did. I've probably done the same thing. You know, if it had been her, I probably would have been upset. But instead, it's just this actress who I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hey, honestly, she got work. This is also the problem with films that like try to validate th fan theories. Like, you cannot understand what the fuck's happening unless you're a fan of the the series, like an Uber fan. You know? Yeah. And that's a problem. Or some idiots that have just been marathoning all these movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. We've been marathoning it, and I don't even know what the fuck's happening half the time in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, that the, the, the bait... This is the grossest thing. Because uh, Michael Myers is her uncle. And so it's like they, they forced impregnated her with Michael's child. Yeah. Is, like... is it ever said that it's Michael's child? No, but I think that's the implication. It's in, it's implied, but it's 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 so dumb. Why did they do that? I don't know. Because it's like part of it, like ugh. like the whole idea is that there's this cult, the cult of Thorn, which is the symbol that it's a runic symbol. It's on Michael. It's fucking bullshit. Who gives a flying fuck? But 
like he needs to kill his whole family as a sacrifice to appease some fucking evil. And then he'll it, once he kills all his family, he'll lose his powers and then he'll die. And then it'll pass on to another child. So I don't know why she needed to be pregnant. Like, I, I, I just don't get, like, is it because maybe something went wrong? Like, the evil was passed on to her when it wasn't supposed to be, like, a la the ending of the fourth film? Again, you need, like, a, a better knowledge of this franchise than I think the majority of people have. And I probably knew more, like, fucking eight years ago, but I have a life now. <laughs> so I don't have time to be on, like, message boards all day. Or Reddit threads. I guess Reddit threads have replaced message boards. Um, but it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. It's, it's just, it's infuriating, you know? It's not like, I'm not angry because I'm not like, I guess because I, now I know that I will get a good one of these in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that always helps. Like, I think I, I'm it's easier for me to digest the Star Wars prequels, which I'm admittedly, I've pro probably been too hard on. But now knowing that there are going to be better Star Wars films in the future, <laughs> like those aren't the ones we ended the series on, it, it, it makes me feel better uh, about those films. So I'm not like, I can't get angry at this. And mm -hmm. I'm, I think I'm past the point of being angry at like a franchise. I just will hate the films individually. <laughs> And this movie doesn't do enough to really make me hate it. It's not like a Jurassic World <laughs> or the old fucking Lorax. I don't think John Carpenter's ever gone this far into the sequels. Like, what do you mean? Viewing. Like, like I don't think I, he's ever seen them. I doubt it. Yeah, like because in interviews, people have asked him about that, and he's like, "I can't, man. Like, it's it's too much." I guess he was when he met with uh, Bloomhouse. He was like, "There's, I don't want to do it. There's been six sequels, and they've all been shit." <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. Um, it's a bad movie. We should, alright, we should, so, the MacGuffin is kind of Jamie Lloyd, but it's more her her incest baby. Mm. Which is just gross, but, yeah, like, what the fuck? That's someone, again, this, honestly, this feels like fan fiction. You know? Yeah. Like, have you ever read fan fiction where, like, it suddenly gets really weird and gross, like, out of nowhere? You're like, oh no, I, I've, I've, I've I've been bamboozled. This is not. It's, it's clear that like the writer isn't like a gross creep, but it's also clear they didn't think about the implications of what they were writing too yeah. much. <laughs> like that's what this movie has. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of that on Tumblr back in the day. I don't oh, know yeah, about now, yeah. but like, yeah. Um, or it's like it's like Pennywise becoming a gay icon. <laughs> oh yeah, how did that happen? That's that's definitely just weird. That's that's hilarious. I'm fine with the Babadook, but... <laughs> oh, there, there's a great article about how the Babadook is a gay icon. Oh, yeah. You should, I'm going to link it in the description, because it's hilarious. It's great. It's great. I love it. God bless America. <laughs> um, we're introduced to our other protagonist, which we've already talked about. Uh, Tommy Doyle, played by uh, fucking Paul Rudd, uh, who sucks and is terrible in this. Oh, so bad. Who lives in, like, a home? Like, he's in some sort of, like, institution of some kind. Like like a halfway house or something. They yeah. never explain it. With an old lady who's who's deaf, quote-unquote. <laughs> yeah, don't see that fucking twist coming. <laughs> um, we're also introduced to Kara Strode, 
who is the cousin of Laurie Strode, but they're not blood relatives because Laurie Strode is, of course, abdo- adopted by the Strode family. Uh, everybody got that? <laughs> uh, and the Strode, the, this Strode family, because we have Kara, her son Danny, she's got a brother, and a shit father. Oh, yeah. And it's... a mother. And they all live in the Myers house. Uh, which they cannot sell because of the murders committed there. And apparently the father has kept it a secret that what happened there, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. There's there's no way. Like, the internet wasn't a thing back then, like it is now, but, like, there's no way. It's called the Myers House. <laughs> <laughs> like, and here's the thing. It'd be one thing, like, uh, they there are some elements, this is, like, clearly a fan thing, because they took some elements of the unmade Halloween 4, where... Halloween has been banned in Haddonfield until this year. This is like the year they're going to try and bring Halloween back. This is a plot point that goes nowhere, by the way. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a thing everyone's talking about in the background. And in the opening, we're hearing a radio DJ who's like, Michael Myers is bullshit. Like, <laughs> just an asshole <laughs> that um, I found written somewhere, and I could not confirm um, that they wanted Howard Stern to play that radio DJ. I've heard this as well. This is probably like the height of his powers. Um, <laughs> I doubt it got any further than them suggesting it. Because I know he he's always hated the idea of playing radio DJs in movies. <laughs> he was always gonna he was gonna play the scarecrow in a Batman movie at one point. Whoa. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um Yeah, that didn't happen. Oh. Uh, and the DJ's like, Michael Myers, he's bullshit. And the female car's like I want to understand Michael. And he's like, you're a sick lady. Um, and I'm not sure if it's in the producer's cut, because I didn't, I don't remember it in that, but in the theatrical cut, you can hear the radio DJ being like, people are calling him being like, nah, man, it was the government at the end of Halloween five. They don't say it like that. (laughs) They say it was the government at the end of Halloween five. And they wanted to harness his evil. Or that they took him and they shot him in the space, and the DJ's like, you people are ridiculous, that's stupid. Which, those were fan theories that were going around for years. <laughs> so, but here's the thing, this movie is going, those fan theories are stupid. <laughs> but the Call of Thorn one is totally legit. <laughs> so, I think I said, Kara Strode is, the prota- is kind of the protagonist, not really, of this film. She does nothing. And just reacts to things happening around her. Her son becomes the target of the cult passing on Michael's evil at some point. It is uninteresting to watch. And she is mostly just running around. Getting into trouble. Falling in and out of trouble. And at one point she jumps out a fucking window. Yeah, and and she's hurt. Fuck it. It's that thing. We've seen that before. (laughs) Get it? Um... And then we also are introduced to Dr. Loomis, who he's like, now he's like a jovial Dr. Loomis. (laughs) Like, he's completely, mind you, he had a fucking heart attack beating Michael Myers to death at the end of Halloween 5. So imagine fucking die, die, Michael. And now when uh, the radio DJ goes, oh, his doctor, he's probably dead. And then we got the Loomis and he's like, Dead, haha, <laughs> not yet. Just retired. Aww. He's basically Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's and a name I haven't heard in a long time. Dr. Loomis. <laughs> that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Long time. Uh, die! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it's the duel from Star Wars between Obi-Wan and Vader, except it's Loomis hitting Vader over the head with the wood. <laughs> die, Vader! Die! <laughs> um, Fuck. But... Uh, he also, I should point out, he has, like, a giant chessboard. <laughs> like, it's, like, the size, like, it's it's almost, like, a nutcracker, like, size. Each figure's, like, the size of a nutcracker. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it, I just don't, I don't buy that Dr. Loomis lives in, like, an estate with lots of books, and he's on a typewriter just being like, guess I better be working on my memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Michael Myers is still missing. Like, no one knows what happened. He's presumed dead. Loomis would be, like, out on, like, just driving a car around country, checking literally every house for Michael Myers at this point. Yeah, given how every other time that Michael's quote-unquote died, he's basically just been, like, on the run, holding cops hostage, threatening children, you know? This is the time where he's like, ah, la, 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 la. Like, that's bullshit. Maybe the heart attack was like, I need to change my life priorities. Yeah, I need to. I need to look at what's important in life now. Yeah, my will no longer be about death. It'll be about life, life, <laughs> life. <laughs> um, but he's visited by an old friend who's like, who is supposed to be a doctor from the original Halloween films. He's supposed to be that doctor who's like, we don't know what happened, how he could drive the car. You know, I think it's supposed to be that character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's in, like, one scene. And instead of being, like, adversaries like they were in that film, I guess they're old buddies now. (laughs) Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense either. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, all right, so this guy's the head of Smith's Grove. Fucking spoiler, I don't give a flying fuck. He's the man in black. He's like, I'm retiring, Loomis, and I want you to take over. And the implication is that I want you to take over the cult, Loomis. Why is Loomis not even involved in the cult? Like, if the cult really does control that hospital, Smith's Grove, and they're secretly behind everything, why? (laughs) Why? How? But, like, why was Loomis even let on the case? Yeah. Like, shouldn't it? It doesn't. It's so ludicrous. Well, here's here's a fun fact about the actor, though. Uh, that is the bad guy from the first Lethal Weapon. Yeah, and he's the father in Gross Point Blank. Yeah, uh, much better the, films. Yeah, I mean Gross Point Blank is something. No, but, <laughs> uh, Lethal Weapon is the much better film. Watch all of Dan Aykroyd's scenes in. All right, Gross Point Blank is not a great film, but it's like it's got this brilliant subplot of. Dan Aykroyd wanting to start a union for hitmen. It's like, workers of the world unite. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. I wish that had been, like, the whole movie. Instead, it's a movie about how, oh, you can get with your high school sweetheart and she'll absolve you of the fact that you've been committing murders for 20 years. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we have all our protagonists set up, and then a movie happens, and then it ends. That's, that's basically it. There's really no point in talking about any of this. None of it holds any weight or interest. We can't really get anything out of 
a discussion about it either. It's just kind of like it's this is the fun. low point of the movie. I will say Loomis is still it's still pretty fun to watch Donald Pleasance in these movies. Donald Pleasance, uh, until his until his last day working on these films was always a pleasure to watch. Yeah, poor poor fucking guy. They he fucking they wasted him. Um but he like there's there's a uh, uh there's one awkward scene where he meets uh Tommy Doyle. It's all just so awkward. This whole fucking movie is awkward. Loomis slowly starts turning back into crazy Dr. Loomis, but he never goes full crazy again. Yeah. Um there's it, stuff starts happening. Uh I don't know. I'm like it just doesn't make Oh, also we should point out there's a fucking really terrible shot in this film where uh uh, Kara Strode is hanging out with her friend, I guess, this other girl. And she's like, do you know that guy that lives across the street? And like, oh, that's Tommy Doyle. Yeah, he's a weirdo. They say something scary happened to him years ago. Mind you, this girl who just said something scary happened to him is working on the committee to bring Halloween back because of Michael Myers. <laughs> like, she should know that Tommy Doyle was affected by him. Like, how is that not known? Yeah. It is, it's ridiculous. And then there's, like, a fucking comedy shot of fucking Paul Rudd, like, standing, staring out a window. <laughs> it's like it's full body. It is ridiculous. Um, I do want to mention that the, the changes to the producer's cut and the, uh, the theatrical cut, because the producer's cut was only made basically for home release, uh, you could tell they didn't like color correct everything properly with that one. Everything's a little more drab. Uh, not that it fucking matters there either. Uh, the entire like last twenty minutes are different. I think like it's a to- it's definitely a totally different finale. I just forget how long the changes are. Yeah, I would say uh, about the last twenty minutes are completely different, and the movie loses about like eight minutes. So which I mean, if I'm being honest, it might be my preferred cut just because it's fucking shorter. I have neither cut. I I do not acknowledge these films. As far as I'm concerned, they are not at all connected to Halloween. I will acknowledge Halloween 5 before I acknowledge this. Um, I'd probably acknowledge Resurrection before I acknowledge Halloween 6. Damn. Yeah. We'll get to that one. But damn. As of right now, this is like my least favorite by a mile. It, it's about the same as five for me. Like, it's... nah, I can live with five. Honestly, five gave me one of the most joyous scenes in film history. I can't really hate it. <laughs> I, I got nothing else, man. This is just, this is brutal. It's a bad movie. Um, bad, bad thing. I like the woman, the old lady playing Mrs. Blankenship. The woman who's supposedly, like, deaf, but she's actually part of the cult. Yeah. I don't know. She kind of had, like, an engaging presence. Like, I'm like, you're better than this movie, lady. <laughs> she gives a speech about, like, Halloween and, like, its original purpose. Where you're like, that's the moment where you're supposed to be like, yeah, this lady's clearly evil. Stay away from her. <laughs> but no one learns anything since it's a fucking movie. It reminded me of a Hot Fuzz. And then um, I just yeah, wanted to watch yeah. Hot Fuzz. Well, you know what? The original twist in this was going to be that the entire town of Haddonfield was in on it. Uh, so it's odd fuzz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, but the uh, Mustafa Akkad was like, we'll do that for seven. Oh, God. Which never happened. Uh, 
Honestly, that would have what that would have made this film work if like the whole town goes crazy. Yeah, at least it's something, you know. Yeah. No, then you could have gotten like full on crazy Loomis. Yeah, exactly. Where he's just running over citizens in the town. Yeah, he's just shooting random citizens. <laughs> like, imagine just like a full on like nuclear family, like a, a father, a mother, little kids. And they're, like, hunting down Loomis, and he just, like, shotguns them down in the middle of the street. Imagine, like, a toddler in one of those pumpkin outfits. Oh, that's hilarious. And Loomis, like, pointing a fucking twenty-two Magnum at her, being like, <laughs> Whose side are you on? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that would be an amazing film. Um, but they didn't do that. Again, I don't think, honestly, I think one of the problems is uh, Donald Pleasance was so old making this that he you can't really he probably just didn't have it in him to go full crazy loomis again mm. i mean not to be a dick but he like he looks bad in this at times yeah like i said he looked tired in halloween five but here it was like oh man like he's he was he, he was really he was up there clearly so sick that they couldn't even bother to do makeup on him because there's a line excusing the fact that he no longer has burn marks on him you know yeah like he's like, oh, I got pro- I got uh, plastic surgery. That's why I don't have burn marks. And it's and like there's scenes in it where like there's one I, I always think of the shots whenever he's with Tommy Doyle. Like they'll pull up in the car, and Tommy Doyle will like jump out of the car and like run up to the house, and then you kind of just see Loomis like barely able to get out of the car. Yeah. And it's like oh, like it's just, yeah. it's it's sad. It's a little sad. Yeah. Um. His last movie. Yeah, it's his last film, and he and he died between this and the reshoots. So, so that's why he kind of he has nothing to do with the ending of the film. He they kind of just forget about him. Yeah, in both versions. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, he is forgotten about kind of in the well the the original cut. It's kind of like you think he's been forgotten about, but actually it's a trick to make him the new head of the cult. But in the theatrical cut, they removed all. They removed most of the cult stuff, and instead, he's just kind of forgotten about. And then he runs into the third act of the film. Yeah. Uh, that sounds weird. I I had heard because I I don't think I had ever seen Halloween Six in fall before we before now. I don't like, think seen, I had it either. I had seen parts of it, and I had always heard that the theatrical cut of Halloween Six cut all of the cult stuff from the film. And instead it's it's still in it a lot, but then it just totally ignores it at the end, which makes it even stranger. You know? Yeah. Like there's like all the like we there's the cult opening and then it's the, like the whole t- like the certain suspicious characters end up being part of the cult they kidnap everyone bring them to the hospital and then it's just like oh okay yeah that was something <laughs> no more cult stuff like they probably decided like like uh we were just talking about to save it to be answered in the sequel but they didn't get that because it's I'm not even awful. I'm not even willing to say that I'm just going to say that they said just get it done <laughs> I, I guess one of the big, uh, uh, some of the contention for the film is that the Miramax, the Weinsteins wanted this movie to be like a really extravagant gore fest. 
And oh, that explains the differences yeah, between the kills. Yeah, the producers wanted to pull back on that. So if you watch the producers cut, a lot of the deaths are a lot quiet, are a lot less violent. There's still a lot of violence in it, but they're less violent. And then in the new, in the theatrical cut, a dude's head explodes. Yeah, which is just like <laughs> fucking that. That that's almost kind of fun in a in a better directed movie with an even like ounce of a better script that could be kind of fun but yeah honestly i would have been fine with that in the producer's cut <laughs> i would have been fine with like it going crazy um but instead it's like halfway between all of its ideas yeah or like what you said uh, earlier where it's kind of like michael myers walked into like a different movie yeah like imagine there's another horror movie in like this this is what the halloween sequels should have done when they were getting this batshit crazy i don't want this now <laughs> But for this era of the Halloween movies, where they're setting up, like, another slasher film, like, another type of, like, Friday the 13th or something like that, and then Michael Myers just walks in, you know? Like, yeah. different little setups, and then just Michael Myers shows up. So, so you're saying that you should have done a, a Cloverfield Paradox? They should have done the Predator thing, but Cloverfield Paradox is pretty good reference point. Not not movie uh, I reference love, point. I love the Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> but it's not good. No, but there's a hand from another dimension, like, doing Morse code. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. That movie, like, <laughs> God. I hadn't felt disappointment like that in a long time. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I wish I could. I guess that's why Overlord is still called Overlord. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you fucking know it'd be called, like, Operation Cloverfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh I'm really looking forward to that one. Just a, a nasty little B-movie. Yeah, I hope it's alright. It looks like it's going to be, like, more of an action movie than a horror film, though. Yeah. No, it doesn't look, like, very good, but... I saw I'm a kinda, movie... It kind of looks like it's in the scratch niche for me. I saw a movie called uh, The Devil's Rock. I think that's what it was called. And it's about Nazis who accidentally summon a demon. Not accidentally, they summon a demon. Um, and an Australian soldier comes to this keep to like blow it up as part of like the d-day in invasions but he gets there and like all the nazis except one scientist are dead and they have to find a way to like keep the demon like locked on the island or else it would get out and kill everyone <laughs> and it's really good like it, you know it's good for like like what i call like a midnight cable movie yeah um except the demon's like naked the whole movie oh, whatever um, <laughs> uh it's it's really good it's like a good little movie and I feel like Overlord is like a popcorn version of that. Yeah. I hope the guy who made that gets to do something else. They just got him to do something else. I forgot what it was. They got tapped to do something else like this week. Oh, the the guy I'm talking about or the Overlord guy? Overlord, my bad. Okay. Um, well, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Fuck movies. <laughs> Fuck Halloween 6. Fuck Halloween. Fuck Thanksgiving. Fuck the concept of holidays. <laughs> yeah, I got I got nothing else for Halloween six. This this was like rough. Yeah, it's just it's just very boring. I took a lot of notes and I'm like looking at them and I'm like none of this is worth bringing up. <laughs> I honestly took a lot of notes because I thought there'd be more difference between the versions and there really isn't. Nah. Like. It's it's just one is a bad movie and the other is an attempt to make a bad movie less bad, but they just made it more confusing. 
And that's really the main difference. The endings are, t are very different. Um, where the cult stuff is removed. Uh, and Jamie Lloyd's death is different in the theatrical cut. Uh, I guess I guess the last thing we can talk about is the ending, which is that in the... Oh my god, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Uh, in Halloween 6, the producer's cut, uh, Tommy Doyle stops Michael Myers with magic rocks. And it's actually this moment that could have been cool, because it's like a super long hallway... And Michael Myers is at the other end of it, just slowly coming towards them. And, like, that could have been a really cool thing if, like, they're just, they're desperately trying to get this gate open, and they know if Michael Myers gets to him, they're fucking dead. But it's ruined by Paul Rudd's goofy rocks. <laughs> this has fucking happened. Yeah. Millions of people saw this movie. Yeah, it made, like, fucking 30 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, also, I should mention that uh, the guy playing Myers was the same guy who played Michael Myers in Halloween 4. But in this one, he's playing it completely differently, and the way he walks is comical. <laughs> he walks like a supporting character on The Sopranos. <laughs> you know, like how an Italian guy walks like waiting to <laughs> around. Like, did you notice that? There's a, there's a goofy, a goofiness to him. It's aloofness. Funny. It's embarrassing. Like, I'm going to go, ho! There's a gaba go! Well, there's there's also just, like, moments where he's, like, uh, huddling after people. Like, uh, when Tommy Doyle opens the door and, like, rescues Kara, her name was, right? He pulls her out, and then Michael's, like, right next to them. And he kind of, like, he lunges, and then he just keeps walking slowly right behind yeah. him. And it's they, just like, they... come on, man. Just fucking kill everyone. This end this movie. They don't get that, like, they don't get that Michael Myers doesn't, like, jog, but he also doesn't, like, walk. Like, <laughs> Michael Myers, like, doesn't run fast, but he also isn't, like, a slow walker. He he will pick up his pace from time to time. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, he's stopped by Magical Rocks. Uh, the cult leader finds the incapacitated Michael Myers. Loomis gets all the fucking characters who have, are still alive. Um, I didn't not mention that uh, the girl Strode, Kara Strode, whatever the fuck her name is, her father's like abusive, and it's like ridiculous. Um, that was a whole thing. His head explodes in the theatrical cut. Yeah. Uh, don't watch this movie. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there, there's, there's nothing to this, man. I know, I know it has fans out there. I don't get you, but I'm glad you're happy. Don't, don't force this movie upon anyone else. Yeah, never, never see this. I don't understand or respect you if you like this. That's not true. Um, <laughs> I really don't oh. care if you like it. Great, but yeah. I we will never understand each other. Yeah, I, I think we've done a pretty good job in this series of being like, you know, we'll say like, oh fuck your opinions and shit. Or like, you know, but we're generally pretty open to being like, you know, this movie's not for me. Like, you might like it. Yeah, I can get why people. I I don't understand this movie. I don't understand the people that are like a fan of this. I might have made this analogy before. I don't get it. But uh, I had this experience when I saw Watchmen in theaters. And the, the Zack Snyder's version of Watchmen, even the theatrical cut, is about as good as you're going to get when it comes to adaptations of Watchmen in terms of following the comic, you know? Yeah. 
And I remember being in theaters and getting exactly what I wanted <laughs> and being like, oh, I don't want this. You know? Yeah. That's what this movie kind of feels like to me. I feel like a younger version of me would have felt like he wanted this movie, and then when he got it, would have been like, oh, no. <laughs> so then, like I said, Loomis sends all the characters off on a bus to never be seen again. Um, and he runs, he's like, I have unfinished business here. And he runs back inside, finds Ma Michael Myers laying on the ground. And he's like, it's finally over. But he takes the mask off, and up, uh, it's his doctor buddy who was the head of the cult. And he passes the evil on the Loomis. And Loomis goes, ah! And then we see Michael Myers walking away in the cult cape and hood. And then there's a really awkward attempt to try and be like the opening, I mean, the ending of the original Halloween showing the houses. And there's a close-up of Pumpkin and then it ends. Fucking kill me. And that's somehow better than the theatrical cut. <laughs> which ends with Loomis going, putting the characters on a bus going, I have unfinished business here, but because he's dead, they can't shoot any more scenes with him. So it just cuts to the Michael Myers mask falling on the ground, and then you hear Loomis going, Ah! And then it says, In memory of Donald Pleasance. Which is a choice. <laughs> That's a decision. <sighs> All right, Halloween 6. It's bad. It was bad. Um, I'm not interested. There's no ideas in it that I feel like are worth exploring. Um, that's entirely subjective. I'm sure someone who's like more into this shit could be like, "Oh, this is actually an interesting." Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, this was not an enjoyable experience to watch. It was a trying one. Yeah, um, and I also I rented two versions of this, and I really regret that. <laughs> so, um, at least I didn't order like the fucking. Scream Factory, like, special edition, which I almost did. Is there a special edition of Halloween 6? That was the one, that's the version, I think, where you can get both the theatrical and the producer's cut. Jesus. It's, like, the only official version. Um, Good lord. And I almost did that, and I'm now very grateful that I didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, Matt, this, this has been something. Uh... Brighter times ahead. Not quite yet, but brighter times ahead. Until then. I think, after all of this, I'm going to need something to drink. I'm going to need some water. No. I'm going to need don't. some good old H2O. Now, everyone will know the truth. I knew what he was, but I never knew why. Halloween 6, the origin of Michael Myers. Alright, Matt, where could the people find you? I'm at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com and YouTube. You can follow me at D-E-W-G-O Waffles, uh, Waffle Press, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, subscribe, rate, etc. Comment, share with your friends. Tell us why you like Halloween 6.
I, 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 I want to know because I, I don't get, I, I, I don't get 